Hi, dog. Hello, Karen. How are you? Okay. A little crazy. <laughs> yeah, little that's, crazy. Uh, that's like uh, 80% convincing. Oh, as I was saying, um, I didn't take, I was telling you before we pressed record, I didn't take notes for this episode, but I like literally just watched it, but I have no idea what happened. So now we will actually get a window into Karen's mind. I'm a blank slate at the moment. We will see, we will see like how Kimberly. much she can actually retain. I'm like Kimberly. I'm a blank slate. So we're no, I mean, it could be worse, but don't compare yourself to Kimberly. Like Kimberly. Oh my God, my hair is like Kimberly right now. I, I think Kimberly has good hair right now. I know she really does. So I actually don't. My hair, I still have. Um, no. <laughs> hair. I still have COVID hair. I haven't had it cut yet. Um, have. have you? Yeah, I I waited until they opened that. I guess it was the second phase here in New York. So I probably went like three and a half months without having my hair cut. And the second I could go, I went. And I've gone back once since then. Wow. But I yeah, feel see, that made the that made a huge difference. See, for me, like honestly, I'm so I, I've I, like as I've aged, I've gotten super lazy about getting my hair cut. So truthfully, like it's really not that unusual for me to have COVID hair because that's kind of like <laughs> always what I have these days. But like I'm really feeling it now, so I think that I am like way overdue. But I just don't. I don't. Everything is like you know, life is a pain in the ass to begin with. But now with like all the COVID things, it's like life is just an extra pain in the ass. And like, and it's like hard enough for me to like just call and make an appointment, but now I have to call and make an appointment. And then I have to like call before I go in. And then I have like, it's just, it's just too much. I'm like, I'll just have yeah. COVID hair forever. I'll just well, maybe not hair. forever, but you do you. I'm going to do me for the moment. So life is hard. <laughs> life is hard. Don't get a haircut. We're on season five, episode three, moving violations. And what an episode this was. I don't, it's, it was so crazy, I don't even remember it. That's a lie. I <laughs> what an episode this was. I just watched it, and I cannot tell you what happened. <laughs> no idea I mean, what I happened. Can, I can guide. <laughs> I mean, okay, so general thoughts, like general thoughts. I'm still relatively happy with where we are headed, um, but I'm already sort of at very impatient with um with some of the storylines i think i know what a couple of those things are and oh, i'm curious which ones you think um i think you are impatient with one taylor mcbride storyline slightly i think you're probably impatient with jake and allison yes i think you might be impatient with kimberly no, I'm actually impatient with Matt. Oh, I forgot he was on the show. Oh Again. my god! Well, but he had, but he had like scenes. He had moments. He had seen like right now they've given him an actual classic soap storyline, but he's still so disconnected from everyone that I've forgotten about it. Can I also? I'm so sorry to say this, but I think he is doing a, as 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 an actor a really bad job. It's hard to say, because when the writing gives you nothing, all you can play are the high notes, and there's no subtlety for you. But I agree. Like, I just don't I think, think he's, he's been making... done no favors by script and by direction. 
but right. I don't think he. Ha- I don't think he's doing great. Yeah. Yeah, like he's not really digging into the whole. Like all he is at the moment. Okay, so just to backtrack, we might as well just do his storyline because there isn't. I, it overlaps a little bit, but maybe we should just. Yeah. You know, he, he. Okay, so when we had when we last last left Matt the past few episodes. He is in the thick of his residency, med school. I don't know what he's doing anymore, but he's doing that I'm training to be a doctor thing, and he's mostly in the yeah, hospital. Yeah, he's an intern on a rotation, maybe at the residency. I don't know. It's not, not real life accurate, so who cares? Right. So he's, so he's like on the floor in the hospital looking after patients and sort of like learning the ropes that way, and he's also still taking classes. He's taking exams. He's... Um, so he's really tired, and he, and another med school student hands him what is essentially speed or meth or whatever. I don't even know, methamphetamines, and to keep him up. And now, after one pill, he is an addict. He is jonesing for the shit. So we basically have had now, we're on the two episodes of drug addict Matt, and it's like he's just, it's just he's like he's had too much coffee. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's not really good at playing the middle they just have him doing ups and downs and because they fast track this whole thing they're really just focusing on the ups (laughs) um and so we see a lot of really exaggerated strung out matt right like he just is like constantly like running like he just is like he's just moving so fast he's moving so fast because he's like i you know he's high you know he's high and he's and he's on speed and speed makes you go fast and it makes you a little sweaty so he's moist and he's moving and, yeah. and, and that's all we've got. I mean, that, that's it, you know. And but there's no other sign that he has any sort of like addiction issue here, except that he's just going really, really fast. And and I guess I guess we had a hint. Um, was it last episode, or maybe I'm confusing last episode with this episode, where he flunked an exam? I think that was last episode. It, yeah, it was last episode. And was, so. Yeah. Yeah, and so he flunked the exam. So that that was the other part of things. This is supposed to be the thing that helps him get through medical school. But if he's flunking, how is it not helping? And that's and so why is he still doing it? Because I, I, I guess that's the addiction part. I don't know. It was it's 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 been a very um, odd storyline to sort of throw him into. And not only did they throw him into it, there is there has been zero nuance with this. I mean, not like I expect a lot of nuance out of Melrose Place, but like this has been like we've gone from zero to nine hundred here. Like there, there's nothing. There was no step one, step two, step three. Right, and I feel like by the time you catch your breath, we'll already be in a new storyline with him. Um, that's how fast they're just throwing stuff at him, but not ever integrating him into everyone else's storylines into their lives. Um, He's almost but, like. But yes. The hired help. Yeah, do you know? Yeah. Do, you, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like he's helping Allison move, or he's helping. Uh, you know, he's, he's he now works at Shooters, yeah. and he's showing apartments, and he's like so. So he is like literally the hired help, and that is the only way that he is being integrated in the storylines, with the exception of Michael, which um, I guess we can dig into now later. Um, um I, yeah, I mean we can because he's like in and out but last week's episode was also when he fakes the prescription from michael's rx pad um so so he gets 
the pills and they don't do him any good because that's when we found out at the end of the episode that he failed anyway. Um, and this episode, eventually Michael does see Matt and he's furious. He's like, the pharmacist called me. What the hell did you do? How did you even get a hold of my pet? So Michael's on to Matt in that regard. And yet there's still no real consequence to the fact that Michael knows that Matt committed a major infraction. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like felony. Like, like, yeah. like that was a felony. Um, and then we so get at the an- end of last yeah. week, they don't really pick up on the fact that Matt, when he was all strung out, threatened the doctor in charge of his residency that he was going to, like, say she, too, was homophobic. Oh, my God. I completely forgot about that. Now, she does reappear towards the end of the episode, and she'll talk to Michael about Matt. But there's nothing. Matt doesn't follow up on his threat. There's no conversation between her and Matt. Yeah. Well, this was the other thing that I couldn't figure out. So the, the, the professor doctor, she shows up and she approaches Michael about Matt. And, and yeah, I don't exactly. understand why she, there was no, cl- there was no clarity about why she approached Michael. I mean, I, I know, did, I don't remember, did Michael write a letter of recommendation or help it? I know he changed his test scores to get him into medical school, but it, was he like a letter of recommendation to Matt? Because all of a sudden she's like. I don't like, think they ever told us any of that, but. I think everyone understands that Michael is connected to Matt in the hospital. Right, because all of a sudden it was like she's approaching him as though Matt's behavior is going to have some some bearing on Michael's career in the future, as though Michael vouched for him or something like that. So, so that didn't that that kind of came out of left field. I thought. Yeah. I mean, I guess it ultimately doesn't matter, but she basically, so the, so in this episode, she went to Michael and she said, uh, what's going on with Matt Fielding? And Michael's like, I barely know him, liar. And then, um, you know, she pushes harder and, and she's like, if you, you know, I, I know you're still angling for chief of staff, like what, since when? Um, but, you know, if you were chief of staff, he well, would take that was a, you know, his whole thing back. The chief of staff thing goes all the way back to when Kimberly was dead and came back from the dead. And then he was dethroned by Jack Wagner. So there's history there. Um, But that it's come back again, comes out of the blue, but does keep following Michael through this season. It's actually more important to know that Michael wants chief of staff than it is to care about Matt's pill addiction at this point. Okay. Well, good to know. I guess maybe this was the way that we could bring this back in. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so yeah, so he, so he, she basically dangles chief of staff, and he says, "I'll talk to him," and that's as far as we got with Matt at this at this point. Also, she said she wants Matt expelled. <laughs> oh, right, 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 and uh, yeah, she wants Matt expelled if he's using drugs, or she just wants him expelled. Period. Um, I think she knows he's using drugs, and she wants him expelled. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but she has no proof. So She has no proof other than looking at Matt for the last two episodes. Looking at a very moist and speedy Matt. Okay, so that's Matt. Moving on. You know what? Let's talk about Jane and Sid. Because the show essentially gets this story out of the way, too. Yeah, and you know, I was really kind of disappointed slightly. Like I'm, I'm. I think what I am is I think that I'm afraid that we're not going to have more Sid this season. Like I felt like we finally had her back, and her interactions with Jane 
over the past few episodes have really been fantastic. I agree. It's been super fun to see them back in that sister dynamic and kind of working together. And Sid being the strong one. Yeah, and exactly, Sid being the strong one. And it's nice because they're still bickering, they're still tussling, but Sid is now not hurting Jane, she is helping her and looking out for both of them together. Right, well, I mean, she's definitely looking out for Sid, as we see. Um, but, you know, but she is definitely, you know, she's actually using her kind of, you know, conniving nature to try and get her and her sister out of this situation that they're in with Richard, who is no longer dead. Correct. And so, so we left yeah, when we last left them, um, Richard had caught up with them um, at the his grave site, his old grave site, where they buried who the the body that they thought was dead Richard turned out to be live Richard and he has trained a gun on them and he's basically said here are two shovels you two are digging your own grave and dig deep because you're not coming back and so when we open uh was this the cold open yeah this was right yeah um they are literally digging their own graves yeah it's a real, how are they going to get out of this one kind of thing. And I actually think it's, for Melrose, kind of clever what they do. I do too, because that was the first thing I thought of when I, we were watching this. I was like, how the hell are they going to get out of this? Like, I figured somebody would stumble upon them by accident or something. Right, I that's kind of what I expected too. Yeah, I did not see this one coming, and it was actually really good. Yeah. So as they're digging at gunpoint, they start bickering with each other. Um And, you know, Sid starts talking about how Jane is, you know, going after every man she's ever been with. Um, And and then it really looks like the stress has led them to turn on each other and yell at each other. And it's not really. It's done to distract Richard just enough so that they can hit him with the shovel. He drops the gun and that's enough for them to get to run away. Yes. So they run the wilderness, and that's <laughs> yes, they are. They are running through the wilderness, and um, they actually get found, uh, luckily, by a. I don't know what would you call him a a forest ranger. He's like a national park service ranger, national park service guy. I don't know who. I don't know, but he carries a gun. Yeah, he he's young. Gun. He's green. He's definitely young, and he is good-looking. You know, he actually was on the show before. He was? He was. Um, And I only knew that because I recognized him. He was on the American version of the show Queer as Folk. Okay. um, Which was a a long-term role. And so when rewatching this, I saw him in an earlier season. I'm trying to remember who he was. But yeah, his name is Robert Gant, or Bobby Gant, I think, as he was called. Um, And I'm sure he started as a model. Um, He was super good, and I was sort of like going... Oh, yeah, good looking. Oh, of course he's going to save the day. And then I'm kind of wondering, oh, he would be fun to pair with Sid, but I don't think they're going that route. I think he was one and done. Yeah, I don't think we see him again. I mean, I think by the time we're through with this episode, everything with this storyline is done. We're just over it. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, so they get into the Rangers a car and they go to Jane's car in the woods. I don't know how they found it again, but good for them for having such. I know because they were in the powers. woods for hours and hours and hours yeah. with no way out. Yeah. yeah. They were just running in circles around the woods and then they're able to make their way back to Jane's car. Well, that's great. Um, and Richard has slashed the tires so that they can't get away. I guess he wasn't anticipating that, um, you know, they would find a, a park ranger who can, you know, help them get out of this mess. And um, but the one thing that is missing, even though their lives have been spared, is the thirty thousand dollars. Of course. Fifty thousand. Oh, fifty thousand. Sorry. Fifty thousand. Right. It was thirty and twenty. Right. They had. <laughs> exactly. That's what, that's what. So the, the fifty thousand dollars is um, is still missing, and so now they kind of have a conundrum. Like they want this guy to catch Richard, but if they catch Richard with the money, it's going to look questionable for them. You know, right. it, like their hands are not clean in this whole mess, and they need the police to help them and protect them, but they only want to tell so much. Right. Right. Um, so it looks like they um, they might still be in a bit of in a bit of a jam here because they can't find Richard, and even if they do find him, he has the money. And so while the cop is driving them home, they stumble upon Richard's car at a convenience store. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but it had a funny name. Oh, did I did I write that down? Hold on. It's a halfway house cafe. Oh, the halfway, because, I mean... After yeah, they're, like, right on, I don't know, it's, like, PCH or wherever they are, you know, Laurel Canyon, whatever it is, and there's, like, you know, this one that'll, like, uh, there's, like, a coffee shop and a motel and a convenience store, and Richard just happens to be parked there and coming out of it. Honestly, who knew that area of Southern California was going to be so Wild Westy? Um, no one. Like because I would, I don't like, think this exists. Like I would expect to see that in like Utah or sure, Wyoming exactly. or yeah, you know, yeah. not in the middle of nowhere. And yet here we are. We can't be that far out of LA proper. Here we are. But here we are. But anyway, so he's coming because you know what do you do when you've tried to do a double homicide but it didn't work out and you got hit with a shovel and you have fifty thousand dollars that you've blackmailed out of two women. You go to a convenience store. Yeah, yeah, I guess you get beer. You get beer. Um, and so there's this whole, oh, my God, pull over. There he is moment with Jane and Sid in the car. And so, you know, the cop gets out and he's like, you know, show me your hands and doing all of that. And it looks like they're kind of at the standstill where they're not quite we're not quite sure what's going to happen. And all of a sudden, a car comes in between them in this parking lot, and it turns out to be Sam. Of course it is Samantha, who they called to come and get them. But I wasn't sure if they told her that location, because it seems like the only reason they pull over is because they saw Richard. Right. But Sam is literally driving to that location. Saying, I'm so sorry, I'm late. waving at them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's waving, yelling, sorry, I'm late. I couldn't find the place. <laughs> Again, this was before, you know, waves and and um, all those directional GPS things. Um, but, yeah, so there's a discrepancy right there. But, yes, yes. 
continuity. Stupid Sam drives yeah. right into uh, the standoff between the park ranger and and Richard. Yeah, and they both have like guns on each other. So like we have a standoff, and she just barrels right in between it and doesn't even seem to notice. No. Oh, and do they have right to at that point or no? Because I know one of them, I, Sid yells, uh, cop guy, well, that, I don't remember, he's got a gun. Yeah, that, that's exactly it, because Sam's arrival is just enough to slightly distract the park guy, um, during which time Richard is actually getting a gun out behind the paper bag he's holding. Sid sees it and calls out to warn the park ranger guy, and he's able to shoot Richard multiple times through the window of Sam's car. While Sam ducks. While Sam ducks, yes. I mean, talk about talk about why she didn't move after this particular. I, like, I, why I, would she fact, not like unpack my bags and I'm out of here? Like, why? Like, why would like I would just be like, yeah, moving. You know what? Send me my stuff. I don't even I don't even want it. I'll just buy new shit. I'm just not coming back. Yeah. 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 So the good news is for Jane and Sid, um, Richard is dead. And we know or this is he. Well, they they go to a greater length to show us that Richard is dead. Yes. We definitely because they they have the body in the, I don't know, morgue, I guess. The, the makeshift morgue. I mean, yeah, it literally is like they picked the show up and, and moved it to Montana. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Melrose Place, colon, Jackson Hole. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so, like, Richard's laid out in the morgue, and, like, the cops, again, leave these three women with this body, like, this evidence, you know, like, it, it was part of a crime. Yeah, Jane- like. Jane is like, I just want to see him one last time. And they're like, okay. And she's like, can I be left alone with him? And they're like, okay. Like, yeah, cutting her, uh, giving her a lot of rope. Yeah. And so she's left in this makeshift morgue with, with Sid and Sam. And she's like, give me a safety pin. And so Sam hands over this, like, antique brooch. And she uses it. Yeah, to it's a family heirloom. Death. Right? Yeah. Didn't she say it's a family, a family heirloom? It's Egyptian? Yeah. It's an Egyptian antique brooch. And she hands it over so that Jane can stab Richard in the chest with it to make sure that he's dead. Right. Which she does, and he doesn't flinch. So Richard is finally fucking dead. Oh, finally the storyline is over with. Um, now there is still a question of the $50,000. Which is then, again, kind of cleaned up very neatly. The, the sheriff yeah. goes after them, pulls them over. They're sort of freaking out again because, oh, my God, right? Like, like they, they, again, their hands are not clean. And so they're getting pulled over again. And the sheriff is like, oh, we found this in in Richard's in the trunk of Richard's car. This bag it has your initials on it. We thought it might be yours, and so it's like, oh Jane, look your bag. You were looking for this, and right. the cop hands it over, and he's like, don't you want to make sh- look inside, make sure everything's there? And Jane's like, oh nope, I'm fine. And he's like, well I don't know if I had fifty thousand dollars, I'd I'd want to look inside and make sure everything is there. And so it's like totally like oop busted. And then he says something like 
I'm keeping an eye on you two, or like I, it was. He's and basically that, like, I don't know that you're up to anything, but I know that you're up to something, and I never want to see you around here again. Yeah, which and is so enough for them to get away scot free. So basically, they've that's it, right? Are we dead? Like, they're never going to get this, is not going to catch up with them. No, this storyline is done. Okay, Finally, so this storyline is done. Goodbye, Richard. Thank God. Yeah. Um, also, the thing about the money is something that I never remember because I think money problems on this show come and go. Like, I don't pay attention or worry about any of the characters. Like, they say they have money. They say they have money problems. Like, they never have a problem getting dressed or paying rent in the end. So, like, I don't care. Like, Jake needed money. Shooters wasn't doing great. All of a sudden, Shooters is doing great. It's fine. Like, Jake lost all that money with Shelly. It doesn't matter. Allison doesn't have that much money. She keeps, like, her apartment gets bombed. She all of a sudden has new stuff. Like, when it comes down to, like, money and can they afford things i'm never worried about these people like they're gonna lose their savings they're gonna lose you know they have to put the store up as collateral i'm like whatever you'll be fine right this isn't now, the kind Dana's, of thing that's gonna follow you for your life right because jane is now though crying poverty here once right. again because exactly. she has lots of expenses so what's going yeah. on with Mancini Hart? Like what? Like because now she's got the boutique, so she's no longer at Mar Mancini Hart. Uh, the Hart part is dead. Um, I I wasn't quite, and she did mention it, and and I it sounds like that she's going to liquidate the company. Like I mean, the guy just died. How do you even know what you're going to do? But like it, it just that was really strange. Are we? Is she no longer a fashion designer? Like she's left that behind? Um, no, I think she. I mean, I think that will always be her challenge, but right now her line of work is the boutique. Like, still fashion adjacent, of course, but but not in fashion as a famous designer. And my guess is, I don't know what they would tell people about Richard, but I think everyone had already concluded that Richard had somehow left town. I don't know that anyone actually knows that Richard is actually now uh, an intended murderer who is dead. Okay. Okay, so they not they will never show up on the show again. It doesn't matter. Like so, no so one from Mancini Heart Designs is gonna come by and be like, "What happened?" It's like I don't think it follows through any of the rest of the show's threads at all. And so basically, then Mancini Heart Designs no longer exists, even though Jane is sort of saying that she needs the money, like she's broke because of. I guess Richard's bills ended up following her or like she's on the hook for, I guess, I whatever. Anyway. I mean, I don't even think her money woes are going to follow her for an episode. Okay. Um, so, but what it does leave us open to is that, um, you know, she needs to, she hasn't been able to cover payroll. Uh, poor Sam has not gotten At paid all. in two yeah. weeks. And, um, and so, and Sam is like, look, I need to get paid by the end of the week or I'm looking for another job. And Sid to the rescue, um, porno producer Sid to the <laughs> rescue with her money. But now she has an 8% stake in whatever the hell it is Jane's doing. 
Yeah, but also uh, Sam does say she wants to move, and Jane yeah, is able to convince her not to. Yeah, then she stays, and Jane is going to pay her rent for like the next three months or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, because... so originally she was like, "What if I don't pay you and I just pay your rent?" I think. Yeah, and I'm like, that doesn't work. People have other expenses too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm like, okay, great. Now how does she eat? Yeah. Right. Maybe Jane will cook for her, too. Maybe Jane will cook for her. Um, you know, how does she put gas in her car? Because, you know, L.A. is a car town. Like, how how does she live? It's more than just rent, Jane. Yeah. Boy. Anyway. Anyway, so I'm hoping, though, that we this is not the last of Sid, and she does not get, you know, sort of, like, relegated to just, like, the secretary over at Michael and Peter's office because that's all she that's all she did last season she was just yeah i don't think it happens like that this season at all okay good um there is one other scene and that's for the first time all season jake sees jane and oh i forgot about that yeah and and so you know we'll talk a bit more about jake and allison and they're sneaking around but um you know he tells jane oh, I heard about what happened. I'm really sorry. I wish you had told me or whatever. And it's like, a lot has happened. Jane has tried to kill someone. He has blackmailed her and held her at gunpoint and gotten killed in the end anyway. Like, a <laughs> lot has happened without you, Jane. So what have you been up to, Jane? Yeah. <laughs> and and then, you know, Allison is also, like, she comes downstairs from her apartment. It's like, oh, Jane... I heard about what happened. I'm really sorry. I hope you're okay, whatever. Um, and Jane kind of apologizes for pushing them both away. And she's like, but, you know, be careful keeping secrets. They'll always get you in more trouble or something like that. Yeah, a little foreshadowing. Yeah, a little foreshadowing. But also, like, the Jane-Jake connection for me was never there. And at this point, they're in such wildly different storylines. It's really not there. I mean, I guess this existed for them to sort of, it was a very, it was a very weird scene and, you know, and both Allison and Jake were in it together with her. And it was almost like, like, like the patch up scene, because next episode, they're going to be having beers together at Shooters and they're going to have made up. Well, not quite. Okay. Well, I mean, I kind of felt like at the very least, maybe. But you did need, but you did need, you do need. Some scene that's like kind of like cauterizing what was like right. cut for these storylines. But what I will say is, um, Jane and Jake and Allison are not all done storyline wise. Oh dear. But oh dear. we're not there yet. Although, do you know who looks like is going to have a new storyline? Sam. Yeah, we'll get to that. We will get to that. Shortly. Um, I guess we should do Amanda Peter okay. because, and that also includes Kimberly and of course Taylor and Kyle, right? Yes. Um, and Peter has just been beaten up by the prison guard. He doesn't want to see Amanda in jail. Um, and then as Amanda's leaving, she sees Michael, who is basically showing up to tell Peter to stop asking. Kimberly to testify because she can't remember and he's like just let sleeping Kimberly's lie yes and Amanda's like no how dare you 
And then That's... basically, I think the next thing we see is Kimberly testifying in court, right? Yeah, basically, it was all very, I mean, because Kimberly had a moment with Michael where she kept saying, I can't, I can't do this. It's going to make him, it's going to make everything worse for him. And Michael keeps going, well, let's just go to the courthouse. And the next thing you know, she's on the stand. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? How did that happen? Right. But yeah, yeah, so she's on it the is stand. It is a whole, but we, we went from A to C. Yeah. 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 And she's not a great witness. No, she can't remember, which is useless for Peter. Right. Um, so then we see him back in jail with the lawyer and Amanda, um, kind of belligerent. And he's like, you know what? He's against his lawyer's counsel. He decides that he'll take the stand, right? Yes, he's go he's going to take the, the stand. Um, he wants to testify on his own behalf, and the lawyer is like, "That's a bad idea." And Peter is like, "No, I have to set the record straight." I'm just, right. So before we see him on the stand in the court, we have another scene at Melrose Place. Um, Tyler, Taylor, and Kyle are uh, about to knock on Amanda's door as she's showing up, um, and. I don't remember what they're trying to ask her. Is she just introducing him to Kyle? And at this point, Amanda's like her antennae are kind of up about Taylor, but she has mm -hmm. bigger problems to worry about. Right. She kind of, she kind of knows something's not right there, but it's not the big problem. Um, and, and she then I think getting the brush off. She like slams the door in her face and moves on. Yeah. She's like, I have to get, I have to go to the courthouse. My husband, is in, or I don't. I, I, it was some, somehow it got out that Peter was going to be in court and on the well stand. because the next thing after that is Taylor sees Matt. Or oh, that's right. That's and Matt right. is basically he sees Taylor knocking on Amanda's door. I guess it's the next morning, or or a morning after, um, and he's like, "Oh, Amanda's not here. She just left for the courthouse." And Taylor's like, courthouse, I hope everything's okay. And he's like, well, maybe. Her husband's on trial for murder. Like, like you say, oh, someone had a flat. Right, right. And, and she's like, oh. And the next thing we see is Taylor in the courthouse, which yeah. is while Peter is on the stand. Yeah. And Amanda does do, notice Not only Taylor. do we see, see Taylor, Amanda sees Taylor. And now Amanda is like, what the fuck is she doing here? Yeah, and that is also the scene we have for Larina um, in the opening credits, her slinking into the courtroom. Um, but meanwhile, Amanda, again, her focus is pulled because while Peter is on the stand, all of a sudden, Kimberly rega regains her memory. Yes, and she sort of gets up and is, I remember, I remember, and blurts yeah, out it's real, all of this it's stuff. It's real, like, Judith Light on the stand in One Life to Live, like, like fundamental soaping. Like, yeah. just gets up to, yeah. So so basically, she remembers everything, that there was one waiter, and then the first waiter left, and there was the second waiter, who was really attractive. It turned out he was an actor, but he was a bad waiter. They need to get this second waiter, because he's the one who can corroborate Kimberly's testimony, therefore Peter's testimony, and if, that, if so, then the alibi is true, and Peter's free. Yes, um, and, before, yeah. Okay. And before we find out more there, not that I think anyone is in much suspense at this point, um, Taylor and Kyle are unpacking back in their place at Melrose, and that's when Amanda knocks at the door, uh, and she walks in and demands to know, like, <laughs> what she's after. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, oh, I was in the courthouse for another reason, and 
and I just happened to walk in and see, it, it, like, not not a good bluff, but also Kyle's now aware that she did lie to him because he she told him something else that she was not in the courthouse, um, and his reaction is not like to dig deeper and find out where were you there? Is that why we came to LA? He just sort of broods and just like, I feel like I'm still being punished. Yeah, for, but we don't know what for, do we? We don't know. We don't know what for yet. Okay. We know he did something bad, but we don't know what. Um, and and he opens up a beer, and she opens up a beer, and it's Coors Light. And I remember <laughs> 24 years ago that it was a Coors Light because at that point I was only drinking Bud. And I was like, ooh, there are other beers out there. Um, <laughs> and And that's basically it for them. And then we go back. Uh, I, th- I guess we're back in the jail because that's when Peter yeah. is like, yeah, guess what? They found the other waiter. He wasn't very good. He was fired after two days, but, but I know he remembered him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he, but he says, yeah, he remembered you guys. So you're free to go. And that's it. Right. And even Peter does say something like, um, the Peter looks at him and he goes, that's it. And the, and the guy is like, that's it. And he's like, they ruined my life and my career and my marriage and that's it. And the lawyer's like, well, at least you're not in jail. Like it was just very, it was, I I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Although I don't like this morose Peter that we see. No, no. Morose Peter is always a bad Peter, but, um, but, but that moment was really funny because again, like it's sort of like this, Oh, that's it. Like, okay court trial's over it's that easy and peter is all like that's it and it's like that's it you're free i don't know uh no big my cousin Vinny moments on the no 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 and so he doesn't want to ride home with the lawyer he doesn't want a man to pick up he says he's going to walk yeah yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know somebody once told me you don't walk in la people think you're crazy it's true as someone who has walked in la and got a lot of crazy looks from people. I can verify that. Um, I mean, he probably ends up walking as much as Jane and Sid did in the woods. Probably because I don't know where this courthouse is, but I don't remember. Pretty Melrose sure it's nowhere near downtown. Yeah. I, you know, I would assume the courthouse is downtown, and I don't remember the, that Melrose Place area being close to downtown. No, I, I really don't think it is. Yeah. Uh, and so we'll see Peter again. But the only other thing that's been going on, the Alice and Jake secret thing, um, I mean, they're, well, they're, so, they're so bad at it. Well, go ahead. Well, I just wanted to sort of throw this out there because we've got, you know, this whole Taylor thing going on with Peter. And he, we should also add, like, he hasn't seen her yet. Like, he's on the stand. He didn't that's see right. her. They haven't. Right, that, you know, when they go, when they, when he comes back to Melrose Place after his, you know, 27 mile walk from downtown LA there there there's a going away party for Allison um spoiler alert she moved and right. well, I was I was gonna I was gonna get to that scene at the end of the episode oh you were okay I'm sorry I yeah. jumped ahead okay never mind I'll shut up now so so spoiler there's a surprise party for Allison we'll get to that um but in the meantime Allison and Jake are still doing their thing where they're like trying to find private moments, but being very bad about it. Like, Jake is helping Allison pack, because remember, she's moving into this new place, but the door's not even closed to the apartment. So, of course, like, Billy walks in, doesn't see them, but every time he walks in, he does get that he's interrupting something, and he, his spidey sense, as much as Billy 
has any non self awareness um, is is tingling. Yeah, uh, and he, he says he has tickets to USC games. Jake wants to come, and you know, Jake's like, no, uh, I don't think I can leave shooters. And then he leaves, and Billy sees one of his old shirts that he's given to Allison is in her like to go pile. She's gonna throw it or donate it. Um, and he's like, no, you have to keep this. And it's like, asshole, you're not with her anymore. She can do whatever she wants with this stuff. But he keeps saying, I'll ha- I'll help you move. So so fine. Yeah, so, he won't take no for an answer either. He's like, I'm going to help you move. Matt, we're already going to help me move. And he's like, no, 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 I'll drive. I mean, he's like, I'll help. So, so fine. Yeah, he keeps um, inserting himself. And then in the new place, after the three of them have, have, I guess, brought in all the boxes for Allison, she's trying to get Jake to stay. And she comes up with the thing, like, she needs him to finish punching or, like, sign her time card or something like that. And Billy's like, oh, well, why don't we all go out um, for dinner or pizza or whatever? Um, we'll wait until you find it. And she's like, never yeah, mind. <laughs> you guys can all go. You guys um, just leave. Billy, you're still an entitled asshole. Like, I mean, you are not getting any sympathy from me. Well, you know, the other thing that I thought was kind of weird was, like, I, he, she was supposed to have only moved three blocks away. Like, yeah. can't Jake go back with Billy and then turn around and go back out. Like a normal person would have, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, this isn't so difficult, you know, because they're, they're like, looking at each other like they're never going to see each other again because of they're, what yeah, Billy did. They're, part of, like, having a ruse like this is, okay, you just go with it and you'll catch up to each other after. Yeah. Yeah. So, but no, they were just, like, looking, like, devastated. But no, every time they react like deer caught in headlights in front of the other people. Yeah. Now, Matt is got his own issues right now so he clearly wouldn't pick up on anything though otherwise i feel like he would be the one character who would um but no billy is actually onto something definitely suspicious so here we are allison's having a surprise moving away party um which is like nice in a sense but also it's not like she's moving cross country joe going to bosnia really deserved a surprise <laughs> but she didn't but, get one of those. <laughs> but she made up her mind at the airport, and that was that. Allison, um, I was moving three blocks away. We need to have a big blowout. So I have I made two notes during Allison's surprise party. The first thing is why is Billy wearing MC Hammer pants? And the second note is who are all of these people? Because there's all these random people. Which okay, if you're like leaving a job or something or if the party was at shooters okay i get that you'd have extra people but you don't need extra people at melrose place you just need the tenants who are there but funnily enough right after i wrote who are all these people allison goes who are all these people (laughs) but but all billy does is or i think matt walks over to meet kyle and taylor which is like well these are the ones we knew um at the same time and this is what you alluded to before uh, Sydney and Sam get back to the apartment, and and Sid's like, oh, that's uh, Allison. I don't even know if she says something about her being an alcoholic or not, but she does yeah, mention she called, that. She called her, like, 12-step Allison or something like that. 12-step Allison. Yeah. yeah, she's really throwing shade in every direction. And Sam sees Billy, and she's like, who's that? And she's like, <laughs> oh, he's Billy. Don't You don't have a chance. He's perpetually in love with Allison. Um... And at one point, Sam even comes over and is introduced to Billy, and 
he's so busy looking at Allison, he doesn't give her the time of day. Um, Allison has a quick exchange with Amanda, who's like, Peter isn't back yet. Um, and, and then, lo and behold, Peter shows up from his 27-mile walk, and they just go back up to Amanda, Amanda's apartment, which is, I guess, his apartment now, too. Um, and meanwhile, Allison writes a note on a napkin to Jake. She puts it on under his beer, uh, saying, meet me at my place in one hour. But there's a little bit of, like, a reshuffling of the beer bottles. And so Jake ends up walking away with a new beer bottle and a new napkin. And Billy sees the napkin instead. And so he thinks he's supposed to go to Allison's apartment in an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I made a note. One of the other extras they brought on to uh, for, for this party looks just like Prince Harry. So for those oh. of you watching and want to do a rewatch, there's an extra who looks like Prince Harry. No Megan, but there's a Prince Harry. Didn't even um, know that. There's a scene now. Peter is again moody. Amanda is trying to console him, reach him. I mean, Amanda is really working overtime to be a person at this point. Again, I want to say ditch Peter. It's not worth it. Um, Can we just jump back for a second, though, when Peter did arrive to Melrose Place after walking the 10,000 miles from the the courthouse, Taylor actually moves forward through the crowd, and she's standing, like, literally right there, and he doesn't even see her, and she's looking at No notice whatsoever. It doesn't even, and and she was standing, but the person that does notice is Kyle, and he's like. Kyle noticed Taylor, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, so you don't know that person? Then why are you looking at him like you know him? So I – and sort of going back to what we were talking about at the very beginning of this – of our episode of Back on the Block, um, now I'm getting frustrated with this storyline because they just need to friggin' tell us what this connection is. Yeah, I I feel like I remember waiting a long time in real time when this aired, but that may not be the case now. It may be like by next week we learn. Be, I don't be, I don't remember because the storylines are moving fast and furious here again because this is what Melrose Place does, right? Like they just push these storylines along, and yet this is the one that they're dragging out. And I feel like some, like, I feel like right now it's not making complete sense to me. Like, Peter has no connection to Boston. Taylor was in Boston. Like, how, like, what is this, like, you don't, I don't see what this connection is. Like, I, like, there isn't even a hint. Like, there, there are no breadcrumbs being left by the writers um, to what this could be. Is she the long lost sister? Is she the dead wife's sister? Is she an ex-wife? It, like, who is she to him? We have no hints. They haven't. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I won't say too much more in that regard. I think it's moving along a little bit better for me than you feel it is. Not so much in the how they're not telling us anything about Peter and Taylor's connection, but I do think in terms of Amanda's wariness of her, that has moved okay from episode one to two to three for me. In the begin, in the first episode, it was Taylor is introduced. In the second episode, it was. Taylor meets Kai. Excuse me. Taylor meets Amanda, and and Amanda knows something is wrong, but doesn't care. And now Amanda's a bit more aware that something is wrong. If by next week they haven't been able to build on that, I agree. Like it's inching along too slowly. For now, for three episodes, I'm okay. 
Yeah, well, see, I just, I don't know. I just kind of feel like it's one of those situations where, um, you know, like, this is okay that we know and Amanda doesn't know. You know, like, like, what was that? What was the episode that they were, they, they were just telling us shit that we already knew and it didn't make, so it, it didn't raise the stakes. Whereas, like, oh, this is with, one of, oh, with Richard. With Richard. But yet, this is yeah. one of those moments where I felt like if we knew and we were waiting for Amanda to find out, like, I felt like, I feel like then I would feel more invested. Like, there are state, like, the stakes were raised simply because I would just be like waiting for her to figure out what is going on. Instead, I'm over here waiting for me to figure out what's going on. I'm still okay with that right now. Okay. But I wouldn't. But I wouldn't be for much longer. So we'll see. Okay. Um, and yeah, I did write. I did write um, in my notes. Peter shows up. Kyle catches on to Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> but now we still have brooding Peter who goes up into the um, the apartment with Amanda and continues to brood. Yeah, which I mean, I know we have to erase from our memory the fact that. He's a criminal and an ex-con who already tried to kill Amanda and swindle D&D &D and do whatever he was doing. Okay, I get that we're supposed to forget that he did that, but he's still whining, like, they took everything from him. He'll understand if Amanda wants to go. And again, it's like, Amanda, then leave. Like, Peter, I don't care. You still were complicit in trying to ruin Bobby's life, even if you weren't responsible for his death. Yeah. So that's how I feel. Yeah, yeah. Awful lot of moaning. Awful lot of moaning. And he's and he's pushing Amanda away. The one person that stood by him. Yeah. He's just like really pushing the her away. The one person who understand. stood by him, despite him having new lies that he didn't, right. you know, tell that he was not truthful to her about. Right. Right. So anyway, I'm sort of and I'm a little bit surprised slash disappointed that Amanda is putting up with this shit. Amanda is a big disappointment right now, but I don't think it lasts long. Well, that's good. Um, and I think a lot of that is um, happens because of Taylor. Well, yeah, it would that would make sense. So is that it? Are we forgetting somebody? I feel like we're forgetting something. We're just forgetting the last scene. So we're back at Allison's apartment now. Oh my God! Oh my! I thought we ended it with um, Amanda and and uh, and Peter. <laughs> we didn't. We have the, the beer right. bottle with the hour. The, the That's right. So, an hour, yes. So an hour has gone by, and uh, Allison has gone back to her apartment and lit a thousand and one candles, and she's ready, lingerie, ready for sexy time with Jake. But Billy shows up first, and being the prick Billy is, he takes one of the roses that are sitting out in Allison's living room before knocking on the bedroom door, um, and he says something like, you wouldn't have gone to this length if you didn't want us to be engaged or you didn't want us to really be serious together again, something like that. Um, and right as he says that, and, and, and Allison is just like kind of stunned that it's Billy. Yeah. And then like, what Jake are you doing comes, here? Yeah. And then Jake comes in and Billy turns around and he's like, that note wasn't for me, was it? It was for Jake. So yeah. Billy has kind of been onto it through the episode after all. Um, and this just confirmed everything for him that all of those covert looks between Jake and Allison and the fact that Jake was for the first time always around Allison, Jake and Allison are a thing. Yes. 
So Billy punches Jake a few times, and because Jake is Jake, Jake decks him <laughs> and wins Billy. Um, and Billy leaves, uh, but the secret is out. So Allison moved long, for naught. So basically, Allison moved for naught. But luckily, she didn't have to pay for all of her stuff to be moved. Right. Everybody just lugged it three blocks down. Yeah. So I don't think she had to worry about, like, you know, security deposit and broker's fees or anything. So So here's my question. Does Allison ever move back to Melrose Place, or is she now moving off campus? She'll be back in Melrose Place. But why? She has her... This apartment looked great. Oh, don't worry. You'll know why. Oh, dear. She will... She will have no choice. Oh, no! <laughs> Uh, oh, I want to no. say it's either one or two episodes from now that what I say, what I'm teasing will make sense. Oh my god, that quickly? Yeah, Alice will be back at Melrose Place pretty soon. Oh man, they don't let her go for very long, huh? No, and she doesn't get a break for very long either. <laughs> Poor Allison. Alright, that's the episode, right? So that's the episode... I don't know that there's more to say in that the Richard storyline kind of flamed out. I think it was just everyone realized we've written ourselves into a corner. Let's just end it. Let you know for sure that Richard is dead, dead and move on. Unfortunately, I don't think it opens up any new great storylines for anyone involved. Oh, dear. So just tell me, do we get more Sid? I mean, like, this is all I care about. Yeah, we, we do. I feel like Sid kind of plays Miss Pac-Man, bouncing from a couple different storylines, but I do think she's more in the driver's seat of these storylines than she was in season four. Okay. All right. God, I wish they had just made a storyline out of that porn-producing thing, because that just could have no. been delightful. No. Could have been so delightful. I just keep thinking back to that. Um, what do you guys think? Are you guys uh, happy with season five? I'm way happier with season five than season four. That is for sure. Yeah. And what do you guys think about Doug Savant as uh, strung out Matt? Oh, oh, by the way, I think there's one quick thing we did not mention. Isn't Matt's dealer at Shooters? Because doesn't he give him like free dinner or something? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I, I actually was like going, why the hell is Matt giving these randos free shit? And it not it didn't I didn't make the connection that that, that because the dealer was yeah. like on so limited like he was like his his scenes were so brief and sh like like right. I, it didn't make any sense why he was giving these people free food. Right, and that's what, I think that's what it was. And there's nothing more to it than that. It was yeah. just one. Yeah. Oh, and as and then he like leaves the bar. Maybe shift is over. Um, and even. Allison says something about Matt acting odd, but that's all we get. Yeah, yeah, poor Matt. I, I do want to see this uh, this storyline resolve itself too, because it's 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 nice to have Matt having have something to do, but it's just not. It's also so out of character for him, right? Like he was right. he he was a social worker. He worked yeah. with Matt's street the kids. Crusader. He's the good guy. Yeah. This, your rock solid guy. Yeah, th and this is like this is so far in a way like not what he would do, you know. 
and I don't think, I don't even think it's like desperation led to this. You know, I, I think that I, I just think that it feels it, it's not the right storyline for him. Like give him another failed relationship before you give him a drug problem. Yeah, I agree. Again, he didn't need anything. No, no, like he really didn't. He could have just been showing Taylor around the apartment, introducing people at Allison's part. Like we didn't need to shoehorn a Matt storyline in because quite frankly, the non addiction scenes that Matt has, He's more plugged into the other characters than he was all last season anyway. Right, right. And the other thing is, too, like, if they wanted to do the, to, to give, like, if they're trying to drive towards an excuse to get him kicked out of whatever medical school program he's in at this point, like, there, there are a thousand other ways that they could kick him out. He could just be failing. Because remember, right. he wasn't supposed to be accepted in the first place because Michael fudged the numbers. Yeah. Granted, he was only, like, a couple points off with the exam, but still, like, that that could also be something else that could come and bite him in the ass, it right? It could like, have just been that Matt was underperforming and a bother him. Yeah. That could, could have been a whole story. It could have been anything like that. You, you didn't need to give him the, the, drug, the drug addiction. I concur. Cosign. Cosign. So, so that's where we are. Um, in the middle of a hurricane. So we're wishing you guys well, hoping you are safe and uh, that this provides you some comfort. Um, yeah, we're not going to visit the boulevard tonight. Uh, we will return to the block and the boulevard next week. So if there's anything you want us to cover, either Melrose related or real life world culture related, uh, do please let us know. Um, please visit us on uh, Back on the Block Pod on Facebook as well. And um, we look forward to hearing from you. And give us five stars on iTunes. Please, 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 please. We love you forever. <laughs> we sure we'll do. make sure, sure Richard will. stays dead if you give us five stars. We'll do it for you. Yeah. We'll do it for you. All right, kids, we will see you next week. Be good. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.